Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NOCO, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Wednesday, November 29th. I'm Erin O'Toole. During Jim Crow, and even after those laws were overturned in the late 1960s, Green Book sites were safe places where Black Americans could stop when they were traveling. The sites bear the namesake of what's known as the Green Book. It contained listings for hotels, restaurants, gas stations, grocery stores, and more. Terry Gentry says her grandparents never left home without that book. So I have to look at both sets of grandparents, my mom's parents and my dad's parents, and the way they had to navigate around this state and around the country, for that matter, and making sure that we were safe. Gentry is with History Colorado. She and her team are working to register Green Book sites throughout the state and add to the list of 160 places so far. She sat down within the NOCO's Robin Vincent to dust off the pages of Colorado's recent past and the ways that history has touched her personally. What do you think is important to understand about this history more broadly? I think it needs to be clear that this is part of American history and part of our experience. And speaking about my own grandparents and traveling with them and how they had to navigate places that we traveled and some of the incredible experiences that we had as a result, some of the wonderful people we met along the way, but some of the horrific behavior we had to encounter while we were traveling as late as 1971 going into Pine Bluff, Arkansas and what my grandparents had to confront. And it was it was pretty scary for me to to witness what my grandfather had to confront. So I think it's critical to understand that we were traveling around the country. We were out exploring. We wanted to go see family members. We felt like as citizens and with the National Park Service, we wanted to start engaging in, in different places and spaces around the country. But we had to navigate it very differently. And I know and on my dad's side, my grandfather uh, bought a truck with a camper on the back of it so that we could go out around the state and go fishing and camping and things like that, but be in a safe space because we weren't sure about places, hotels and other places around the state that would be safe for us. And a lot of things I didn't realize until I was an adult and going back to talking to my sister and my parents about some of those experiences growing up. I know when we traveled with um, my grandparents, they always had the Green Book, even after they no longer published the Green Book, we still had it with us just in case. So this project then, it's personal for you as well. Absolutely personal. Yes. Yes, it is. It's to honor my grandparents. What do you think they would say today about this work that you're doing? My, my objective is to honor my ancestors. All of the people that I grew up with in my community in Denver, all of the people that made sure that our lives were better 
they were the first in so many different genres. They were the first in different business opportunities in different agencies. There were so many things that members of my community did so that their children, grandchildren could have better lives. And I look at everything that I come from and I have to honor that and celebrate it. You know, I think about your location, my great-great-grandparents on my mother's side bought land up at Deerfield, Colorado, which was also a safe haven for, for travelers. And there are places all over the state. We've added to our historic registry a, a motel down in Pueblo that was a safe haven for Green Book travelers. We, we put the AME Church in Pueblo on the on the historic registry. They were a safe haven for people. We want to continue to explore the rest of the state and find things along the Western Slope, find other places that are in the Denver metro area that people are totally unexpected to discover. There are 160 sites so far in Colorado that we, we know about. There are more that we want to continue to find and more that we'd like to add to the registry. I think it's fair to say it's not widely understood the history of diversity in Colorado and and certainly more broadly in the Mountain West. And you know what's coming to mind for me, I've done a lot of reporting on sundown towns. And we know that term stems from signs posted near city limits that warned Black people and other ethnic and racial minorities to get out of town before the sun went down. And and that relates to this conversation in that there were dozens of these places in our region and they forced a need to establish these green book sites. Something I heard from people I interviewed is that there are still a lot of unofficial sundown towns and that they aren't just ugly relics of history. And so to that end, we could say there are still a lot of green book sites, right? I, I wonder your thoughts on that. Well, just to confirm what you're saying, I, I think about back before I-25 was built, that you had to travel through small towns, you know, say from here to Cheyenne. And there were, the thing that you wanted to do was be sure you had a full tank of gas and to be aware of traveling through the L-towns as you headed north. You know, Loveland and Longmont were scary places. Fort Collins had a few Black folks living up there. So as long as you went through, if you needed to stop, you need to know where those folks were. But you had to be careful uh, heading north. And you had to be careful in Wyoming where you headed. And then heading west before I-70, you had to navigate a lot of areas and towns on the small two-road highways and be very careful where you traveled. And that's, that's why I was telling you about my grandfather having that camper. We had to pay attention. And we also had, had sundown towns here in Colorado, uh, right in the Denver area, you know, like uh, Cherry Hills Village area. You had to be careful with that. And I'm, I'm sure there's some nice folks that live in the Cherry Hills Village area. And we had to go to an event recently, but I was glad to get out of there. As the sun was going down, something said, we need to go. 
you know, and I, it's just, it was just a feeling just of this incredible discomfort just because of the history there. And I don't know if there's still any issue with that or not. I'm thinking about this sociologist I spoke with before he died, James Lowen, who was very pivotal in uncovering sundown towns all over the country. And he said, as a society, how can we deal with something if we cannot face it? And that seems to really get at the core here of talking about this history. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. I I think there's so much that we need to confront. If we're going to have a better future, we've got to understand our past. That was Terry Gentry of History Colorado speaking with In the NoCo's executive producer, Robin Vincent. History Colorado's investigation into the state's Green Book sites is ongoing. Gentry and her team hope to add multiple sites across Colorado to the state and national registers of historic places. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. We'll see you next time.